Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I hope you're having a great day today and that you're busy and blessed as you live for the Lord. I tell you, it's good to be saved, is it not? It's great to be saved. I want to give you a little bit of a report. I won't give any specifics necessarily, but just a general report. In the last three weeks, I've been able to travel and preach a little bit, and uh, here on Sundays and Wednesdays, of course, but traveling out, I've been able to see through these meetings, God saved just right out 40 people in just the last three weeks, and several young men surrendering to preach. I've seen great crowds. Some of these meetings uh, had 2,000 people uh, in attendance. Others had um, 800 Others were smaller, but large crowds, and just great things happening. And uh, I just wanted to tell you, God is still doing a great work in our generation. Don't you buy into this. Don't you take the bait. Don't you swallow the pill that the pessimistic crowd is trying to uh, uh, prescribe to your life. Don't listen to those people who say it cannot be done and it's not getting done because it is. It's getting done. It can get done. God is doing great things all over the place. I don't know what's happening at your place, but I'm glad to be around the place where God is doing a work. And I tell you, if we'll just seek His face, if we'll meet His required conditions, I believe God can still send revival. God can still save souls. God is still in the increased giving business, and He can still build a church even in this generation. So don't give in. Don't give up. Don't give out. Just keep going. It's worth it to serve the Lord. We're studying together in 1 Peter chapter 3. And we've been going verse by verse through the New Testament. If you've missed any of our studies together, you can find our broadcast wherever you get your podcasts. And that way you can go and listen to archived uh, lessons, and you don't have to just set your clock for uh, 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. or whatever time it is where you listen to us, but you can go back and listen <clears throat> at your leisure to Striving for Revival. And I want to ask you to do that. Download us or, or subscribe to the podcast, and that way you don't miss a thing. And if you've missed yesterday, uh, you can catch up and then get with us now. Here's Second Peter or First Peter, sorry, chapter number three. This will be our second broadcast in this great chapter. Peter, of course, is writing a general epistle to a group of Christians scattered throughout different uh, this region of modern-day Turkey, several different regions he mentions in the first chapter, and he's been giving us some instructions in righteousness. It's amazing how Paul said, the Word of God is profitable for, and he talks about instruction, all these different things. And Peter's here instructing us to be submissive and in subjection to higher authority, to live a peaceable life, to live a life above reproach, to live a life that's a conversation that is Christ-like. Why? Because the lost world is looking for a chink in the armor of the Christian. They cannot find fault with Jesus, so they'll look for flaws in you. And so we're supposed to live a life that is a Christ-honoring life. He came to chapter number three, and he begins to not deal with servants. He's not dealing just with uh, citizens. He's now dealing with wives in the area of marriage, submitting to their husband. Verse number one, likewise, you wives, 
Be in subjection to your own husbands. That word subjection is sort of a military term, just like a, a soldier is in subjection or under his commanding officer, so the wife should voluntarily submit herself to her husband. By the way, that is not a lesser role. That is not an oppressed role. That is not a secondary position. That is God's purpose for the wife. Why? God is giving us a picture of Christ in the church. The husband is to be the head. Christ is the head. But Christ so loved the church, he gave his life for it, and the husband ought to reverence and love and have grace and compassion and mercy uh, toward the wife. And the right kind of husband is easy to submit to. And the right kind of wife submits easily. And the Bible commands it. The Bible teaches it. And it might not fit in to your uh, 21st century worldview, but it's biblical. And if you're going to be a Christian, you claim the Bible and you claim it all. You don't just take John 3.16 and wear your WWJD bracelet to Walmart. No. The whole book is profitable. The whole book is inspired. The whole book is for for you to apply to your life, and it'll help you live a peaceable life, a pleasant life, a productive life, a powerful life, a pleasing, all these things. It just helps. Verse number uh, one, the second part says that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So the example here is there might be a husband who's maybe backslidden. Maybe he's not even saved. He doesn't go to church. He doesn't attend Sunday school. He doesn't listen to preaching. But the wife, if she'll live it in the home, her life can be a light that can preach to the heart of her husband. And she might encourage that backslidden husband to get right, and she might convict that lost husband to get saved if she'll live a Christ-like life at home. Yeah, it's one thing to preach to somebody and not back it up. There's no power in that, and that'll make them, uh, uh, you know, threefold the child of hell to see somebody, a hypocrite like that. But if you'll live a life that backs up what you preach, that has a strong impact. And verse 2 says that while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. So they say your life is a pure life, and your life is a respectful life. Your life is a reverential life. And because of that lifestyle, you can Win the heart of your husband, not just to yourself, but win the heart of your husband to God. Now, I want to challenge you ladies listening to me today. You might be in that sort of situation. I preach all over the place, and I see this happen more often than not, where there is a faithful, godly, sweet woman sitting in the pew of ch- at church by herself. And it's not that she's alone. It's just that she's alone in church. She's married. She has a husband, but he won't get up and come to church. Maybe he'll come Easter, Christmas, whatever. But it's just well known around the congregation. Pray for so-and-so. He needs to get saved. Pray for so-and-so. He's not right with God. And that woman begs, and that woman cries, and that woman's faithful. I want to challenge you. Keep going, lady. Don't you give in on God. Don't you quit on God. God can use your life. You just be faithful. Do what you can do. You just do right. You can't control anybody else, but you can control yourself. And you just please the Lord, and you just press on, and you just watch what God will do. And I'm praying with you that God will use you to influence that man. Verse number three, who's adorning, talking to these wives, talking about their clothing now. Don't turn me off now. Who's adorning? Let it not be the outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. Now, this verse right here, we just discard it. We just do. You look around on Sunday morning and you see the average, I mean, just the average Christian. I'm not talking about somebody maybe who's a, a, a worker in the church, but just a church attender. And I tell you, they get all dolled up. The, the, the dress is too short. The makeup's too thick. The attention's all drawn down and, and not up to God. And I tell you, 
that's not biblical. Christian women are to be modest. Christian women don't have to, you don't have to look like you crawled out of the cave like a cave woman now. You ought to dress nice. I believe you ought to be the classiest looking lady in town. But we don't dress to draw attention to ourselves, And that's what Peter is saying, the plating of the hair, the wearing of gold, all this stuff that makes you look worldly. He's saying don't look worldly. You ought to look otherworldly. You ought to be a Christian lady. But here's how you adorn yourself. Don't worry so much about the outside. He said, but why don't you spend five hours getting ready on the inside? I mean, it's a, a running joke. Many husbands will say, I'd be here on time, but my wife takes her forever. I mean, getting her hair fixed, getting uh, the shower taken care of, all these things just takes forever. I don't know what she's doing in there. I'm just waiting, 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 waiting on her all morning long. Well, what if that was the kind of effort we put men and women alike, by the way, on the inside? We worry about what the outside looks like. We want to get it just right. Everything knotted just right. Everything tightened uh, up, zipped up just right. We want everything just to have uh, just the, the right hue on it. We want everything right, the hair curled, whatever it is. But what if we took that much time and effort and invested it on the inner man, not the outward man? That's what the Bible wants, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. And that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection, there's the word again, under their own husbands. So he's saying, here's what you do. He said, all that effort that the world puts on the outside, Christian, you ought to put that much effort on the inside. Now, sis, I'm not giving you license to wake up and go to church, I mean, without combing your hair or brushing your teeth. God, help, please don't do that. Uh, but I am saying this, you ought to have more desire to please God than you to draw the attention of others by how you dress. You ought to be putting more effort on that inner man than you do the outward look. Peter is using this illustration. He said, godly women in the past did that. Godly women in years gone by did that. And he'll give us an example, and we'll use that probably maybe next broadcast. I'll mention even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. He's saying, consider Sarah. I mean, she submitted to Abraham. Abraham wasn't perfect, but she wanted to fulfill her role. And she didn't draw attention to Sarah. She wanted to, uh, she wanted to draw attention to her husband. She wanted to uplift God. She wanted to be pleasing to Him. All right? So I want to challenge you today. You're listening to me. Hey, listen, when we get our Sunday clothes on, we get our church clothes on, we get ready to go to meeting, don't neglect the inner man, the inner woman, if you will. And let's make sure that we spend more time on that inside than we do on that outside and that in all things we're glorifying God. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.